Welcome to episode four of Shane Talks 99. Today, we are talking about February 5th, 1999. And we have two films released on this day. One of them, a really bad, fake teenage Hallmark movie called Simply Irresistible, starring Michelle Geller. And then uh, after we talk about that for a little bit, next up will be Payback uh, with Mel Gibson. Um, two completely different uh, Spectrum movies we got going on today. A great juxtaposition for this weekend. We got a kids movie. We got an adult, uh, teenage movie and uh, an adult movie to talk about. Um, this is Sarah Michelle Gellar's second film of 1999. She had that really brief lunchroom cameo in She's All That. And in about a month, we're going to get to talk about her major movie from 1999, one that is amazingly awesome and that is cruel intentions but we will get to that in a little while so we got this rom-com and uh, if you've listened to the regular podcast anytime it's come up i have bashed jason for liking this movie um and he doesn't even really like it um when we were talking this week he was gonna oh, he offered to let me borrow his dvd i told him i was just gonna go out and buy my own dvd i paid less than a dollar for it uh essentially so I've got a new plan. As I'm doing this podcast series, I'm going to attempt to purchase as many DVDs of these movies as possible from 1999. And it's a crappy situation because there's probably 30 of them that I used to own that I no longer own because I got rid of them once I bought them digitally or once I bought the Blu-rays of them, I got rid of the DVDs. And so my new mission now is going out and finding the actual DVD since that was the video format that was most widely used in 1999. These were, you know, released brand new on DVD. So yeah, that's that's my new goal. Jason has uh, already made fun of me for it. I plan that he will continue to make fun of me for this plan. So I went out and bought my own copy of Simply Irresistible, despite how many negative things I've said about it. And I kind of stand corrected, not really stand corrected. It's not a very good movie at all, but it's not as bad as I remember it being. It still has some really stupid uh, aspects to it, uh, specifically the crab. But the entire plot itself is is, is pretty dumb and, and terrible. It has a 16 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which is you know, I pretty much agree with the critics on this one. Somehow, in a bizarre fashion, the audience score for this movie is a 54%. That's a pretty pretty big gap right there. So we have our two leads, Sarah Michelle Geller, who we've talked about a little bit already. And then we had Sean Patrick Flannery, who I like okay as an actor. Uh, in 1995, he was in a movie called Powder that I really uh, liked for the most part. Victor Salva film that it's a little harder to watch now knowing Victor Salva's history. Um, but then he also did the uh, really, really good movie Suicide Kings in 1997. Later in 1999, he's going to be in the uh, what basically exploded his career, which was Boondock Saints, technically released in Europe in, in 1999. It did not make its way to the United States until February of 2000. Um, but yeah, so he also, this year in 1999, uh, I think it's like October, we're going to be talking about a movie called Body Shots that he was in, which is a uh, 20-somethings not good movie. It involves date rape and, and all kinds of stuff like that. So we'll get to talk about that later. Uh, one of the supporting actresses in this movie, I have an insane crush on, despite the fact that she is 20 years older than me, and that is Patricia Clarkson, who pretty much every movie she's done... Um, I've, I've found her insanely attractive and now going back and, and seeing her 20 years ago, even even more attractive to me. Um, she was in uh, 
the hockey movie Miracle, where she played uh, uh, her Brooks's wife, and she was really awesome in that. In 1999, later uh, this summer, we will be talking about her role in The Green Mile. Uh, she was a supporting character in that. And we, uh, her love interest in this movie is a guy named Dylan Baker, who also has another 1999 movie called Random Hearts that we'll talk about later. Uh, Dylan Baker, kind of like you know his face, but he went on to do stuff like Along Came a Spider, uh, and he was the original Dr. Kurt Connors in Sam Raimi's Spider-Man films. Um, Sarah Michelle Gellar's co-worker in this movie is a guy named Lawrence Gilliard Jr., um, he did movies like Cecil B. Demented and Gangs of New York, but then uh, he blew up when he was on The Wire, and then he was also Bob on The Walking Dead. So he had a, he had a pretty decent career. Uh, Amanda Peet has a very small part in this movie. Um, she will also be in Body Shots when we talk about it later in 1999. And then finally, we have an actor called Gabrielle Macht. Uh, who would go on to do a bunch of action movies uh, in the early 2000s. Like he did uh, American Outlaws, Behind Enemy Lines, uh, Bad Company, and uh, one of my favorite movies, The Recruit, uh, the Al Pacino and Colin Farrell flick. So kind of kind of blew up for two or three years doing a bunch of these action movies and then kind of fell into a, a groove with much smaller films and whatnot. So the last aspect of this movie I want to talk about real quick, uh, it, was, it was directed by a guy, a guy named Mark, Mark Tarlov, uh, his girlfriend wrote the movie. I can't. I did not write her name down. Uh, but Mark Tarlov was a producer, and he produced a lot of pretty decent movies. Uh, stuff like Serial Mom, Copycat, Pecker. Pretty, pretty solid movies that he produced. And then all of a sudden, decided he wanted to have his girlfriend write this movie to be the first movie that he directed. Um, and you know, it is what it is. Um, magic. Uh, it. it I call it like a Hallmark movie because in a lot of Hallmark movies, there's like, especially the Christmas Hallmark movies, there's this like magic aspect to it. Mystical stuff happens and characters just go about as if like they don't like the, the side characters don't realize that this magic is happening around them. Um, sadly, just some of the stuff in this movie is just like too out there as far as the magic stuff goes that that's why I didn't like it back then. And it's the, the weakest part of the movie now. Um, I will say that a lot of the cast has a really good chemistry between them. Like Sarah Michelle Gellar plays a great character. It just in a situation with a lot of stuff that I don't buy and that I don't like, and that's not Sarah Michelle Gellar's fault. Um, she was doing a really good job with the script. She, she plays the character very well and she has good flirty chemistry with Sean Patrick Flannery. That's, that's fine. Patricia Clarkson and uh, Dylan Baker, their, their chemistry is, is really, really good together. And, you know, like typical late nineties, early two thousands movies, lots of sexual undertone jokes and whatnot, but they're not like cringeworthy in this. They're, Oh, haha. I mean, it's, it is what it is. They deliver the lines just fine, uh, but it's just not the greatest amount of dialogue. So anyway, uh, Mark Tarlov, uh, this is his only technical feature film studio release that he's got because his only other directing credit is a 2004 movie called Temptation, which the reason I would love to eventually see this is because it stars Adam Pascal and Zoe Saldana. Um, Adam Pascal from Rent, who is phenomenal. Uh, he's been popping up a lot in like the Rogers musical and um, the Tick, Tick, Boom. He has a small cameo in that. And then Zoe Saldana obviously uh, you know, has a huge career right now. So in 2004, they filmed this musical together, and it was 
it, it was kind of ahead of its time. They did the majority of the movie was filmed on green screen so that they could put them into, you know, mystical, magical stuff that was going on around them. And then uh, unlike most films where the actors lip sync while they're acting on set, this production actually had the, the cast singing their parts and being recorded while singing so sounds really interesting um i would at least like to watch it but in 2017 13 years after filming it still wasn't released and the one of the producers of the film said that they are attempting to find a way to release the movie um and it's 2022 now and i i still can't find anything about a release date for it so kind of sucks like and i mean i know this happens in hollywood all the time that like you know projects happen stuff happens behind the scenes and they get shelved, you know, for long, long periods of time. But I mean, we're going on 18 years now that, you know, something with Adam Pascal and Zoe Saldana star power just has not been released and I would love to see it. So let's start talking about Sarah Michelle Geller and Patrick Flannery uh, or Sean Patrick Flannery, Flannery in Simply Irresistible. Um, it It's blah, man, really blah. And, I, and again, like I don't hate it like I, I've been hating it for a long time. The fantasy aspect of it is just what takes over and makes me just not enjoy it at all. Um, like I said, chemistry, fine. The crab still bothers me. The crab is still stupid. Uh, there's all kinds of allegory. Um, there's essentially a character at the beginning of the film that's kind of like Clarence from It's a Wonderful Life. Um, it's hinted throughout the film that this crab is supposed to be her mom watching over her and making all this magic shit happen. Uh, the angel character at the beginning kind of makes comments along the lines of that. Like he talks about knowing her mom and, you know, in poor dialogue fashion, my mom's been dead for seven years or whatever. And how do you know my mom? Like stuff like that. And he always talks about her in the present tense, like she's around right now. Yeah. So like I said, the chemistry between the main characters, fine. The script, blah. Four. Like I said, it's on par with like those bad Hallmark movies. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's it's not as bad as I remember it. Uh, like I said, I actually made sure I watched both of the films this week. I know a couple of the other episodes I've had issues with remembering things and not really remembering parts of, of movies. I'm going to try to do better with that. I'm going to try to make sure I watch, you know, I watched both movies this week. Uh, next week, I got three flicks. I'm hoping to be able to watch all three of them, but I'm not so sure I'm going to watch My Favorite Martian, but we'll see if I find the time. Um, so, yeah. So, watch Simply Irresistible this week. Did not hate it as much as I remember, but it is still not a good movie that I could really recommend at all. And in, in texting Jason, I, I know he is not actually as big of a fan as the movie as I, I make him out to be. It's just because it's got Sarah Michelle Geller in it. And at that point in time, I knew he had a huge crush on her. Um, so, yeah, so he explained to me that the only reason he has the DVD is because I bought it for him. I don't remember buying it for him, but I probably did uh, more more likely as a joke. All right. So that's that a passable movie on the payback. Payback's a movie uh, with Mel Gibson, and it's one that up, up until this week, two days ago when I watched it, uh, I would have told you that I thought Payback was a good movie, but I didn't like Mel Gibson's character. Um, that kind of I, I, I kind of can still stand with, with that comment. Like, I like the movie. 
Um, it's just one of those movies where I have trouble with Mel Gibson's character. First off, let's talk about the I or the Rotten Tomatoes scores for this movie. Let's see here. Uh, yeah, okay, so it's got a 55 Rotten Tomatoes score from the critics and a 69 from uh, the audience score. I could definitely put it right in between those 60, 65%, somewhere in there. Like, I'd give it a 6 out of 10, maybe a 7 out of 10 if I was in a really good mood. Um, the movie is directed by Brian Helgeland. And if you don't know who Brian Helgeland is, uh, he's one of my favorite screenwriters for the fact that he wrote one of my favorite movies that he won an Oscar for in 1997. Well, he won it in 1998 for the movie L.A. Confidential that came out in 1997. But a funny side story about Brian Helgeland. In 1998, when he won that Oscar for L.A. Confidential, in the same month or within weeks of, of winning that Oscar, he also won a Golden Raspberry Award because he wrote the 1997 film The Postman, which was complete garbage. So I've always found it funny that like this dude won an Oscar and a Razzie like with, within a very short period of time of each other. Um, so yeah. So Brian Helgeland's pretty awesome. He, he previously had done the movie Conspiracy Theory, obviously where he worked with Mel Gibson that time and they probably got to know each other pretty well. Uh, and then he would go on to do the movies uh, Blood Work and Mystic River, which both are very solid films and whatnot. He, uh, he didn't direct very many things, but he did write and direct A Knight's Tale, which I know a lot of people love A Knight's Tale. I don't. Um, I'm going to give it a rewatch. I've only ever watched it once in theater. I absolutely hated the fact that they took modern music and put it into a period piece. Um, that literally turned me off from the entire movie. The opening scene of We Will Rock You being done by characters in a in a time period 400 years before like 300 years before that song was ever written just completely took me out of the movie i know it has an amazing cast uh, i know it's got heath ledger and alan tudyk and just an amazing array of, of other actors in it but i just hated that movie so much that i have not been able to watch it again but it is brian helgeland i've had hundreds of people tell me how good not hundreds but a dozen people tell me how i'm wrong about the movie so i do plan on going back and giving that another rewatch as we found last year when I rewatched Groundhog Day, I did not hate Groundhog Day as much as I thought I did. So, you know, I, I'm willing to give anything a second go these days. Um, a lot of this cast I'm going to talk about when we get to them, because the way this movie is structured and the plot of it is it's literally kind of like a video game, kind of like the movie Raid Redemption is a video game or Dread. They both have the same plot where you, uh, the character is moving up floors of an apartment building, uh, beating bosses on each floor to make his way to the next floor. This isn't as, as exact as that, but it's kind of just like a boss after boss after boss, like get to the next boss fight. Um, uh, the reason I say that I have trouble with Mel Gibson's character in this movie is because like a lot of the Mel Gibson that I grew up with, like obviously I grew up with Riggs, but Riggs is a good guy. Like he does some bad stuff, but he's still like Riggs is a good guy. But some of my other Mel Gibson characters, like I love him in Maverick. I think Maverick's a great movie. And, yeah, he's a con artist, but he's a you know heart of gold con artist. Uh, Man Without a Face, like solid movie, like just very emotional film. And obviously like, you know, Mel Gibson's character has some baggage in it and he can be kind of a dick, but like you still know he he's a good guy. Uh, and then Radio Flyer, like he was uh, or not, not Radio Flyer. That's the one about it. Um, 
oh man, what is the one? It's him and Jamie Lee Curtis where he's the pilot. Um, man, I'm drawing a blank on that movie, but it is not called Radio Flyer like I wrote down that it was. Um, man, crap. Uh, it's like 95, 94, 95-ish, and it's him and Jamie Lee Curtis, and he's a, a pilot that gets displaced in time. Like, yeah, eh. I should have done better research on that before I wrote notes about it. So anyway, um, aside uh, aside from his character not being like, I don't know. I just uh, I just didn't buy it for him. Like obviously, like I'd seen him in Conspiracy Theory where he played a wacko guy, but in this one, it's just like he was just trying to be cooler than he actually was, and I think that just took me out of believing Mel Gibson would would act this way or be like that. And not that he couldn't be like an intimidating character, but it just what I was having a lot of I was having a lot of trouble even on this second viewing watching it and being like I like Mel Gibson as the lead in this movie what I do like about the the other excuse me what I do like about the other uh, main characters in this movie is we have two beautiful blondes to talk about first up is Gibson's ex-wife in the movie she's played by uh, Deborah Kara Unger who uh, two years earlier had been in the movie The Game with Sean Penn and Michael Douglas. And I think that's an amazing movie and I think she is phenomenal in it. So really enjoyed her in that. She also did a movie called The Salton Sea and a movie called 13 uh, in the early 2000s. Both of those are really solid movies that she's in. So really enjoyed Deborah Kara Unger. And in December, we got a long way to go, but in December, we'll get to talk about her other 1999 film, which was uh, the Denzel Washington film, The Hurricane, that she was in. And truth be told, I don't remember her in it, so I'm looking forward to re-watching that and, and seeing how big or little of a part she had. The other blonde in this movie, who I do seriously love because she is the uh, owner of the Coyote Ugly Bar in the 2000 film Coyote Ugly, is Maria Bello, who has had a pretty decent career. Uh, a lot of a lot of stuff in the early 2000s. She was uh, really big and popular back then, but uh, she steals every scene that she's in. She plays a hooker that kind of had a thing that never went anywhere with Mel Gibson's characters, so I really enjoy their chemistry together. They've got really good dialogues and some sweet scenes between each other that, that I really, really enjoyed. And so getting back to the flick, uh, the first character on our on our level one when Mel Gibson comes back, uh, he he ends up finding his ex-wife uh, overnight. She ends up overdosing and killing herself. So then we get a flashback of her situation when her and the level one boss, a guy named Val, betrayed uh, our Mel Gibson main character. So we get a little bit more of her even after she's dead because we got a nice non-linear storytelling going on in this movie. Probably why I like it more than I think I probably should. Um, but Val is played by an actor named Greg Henry who really, he has one of those faces and he does a lot of really bit stuff. But the main thing that I always recognize him and remember him from is the second episode of Firefly. He's the uh, town sheriff in the train job episode. Uh, so he's really cool. I, I like him as an actor, but... Val uh, and his wife, they betray him for $70,000, and that's kind of where this whole revenge story begins. Uh, he's showing up, telling his ex-wife, you know, I need you to get me in touch with Val because I need my seventy grand back. It then, throughout the course of the movie, becomes a, a, a very dumb running joke because 
the job that they did that Mel Gibson was supposed to get half of, which would should be $140,000, but it's only $130,000 was the grand total of what they ripped off. They ended up giving that to this crime syndicate so that this Val character could get back in their good graces. So then everybody thinks Mel Gibson is trying to get the full $130,000 back, and he just keeps getting annoyed that nobody will listen to the fact that he only wants 70 of it. And it's just, it's, it's just, it plays six times in the movie very poorly, in my opinion. I don't, I don't think it's very well written, um, that part of it. But anyway, we, 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 we see them, they betray him, they shoot him in his, in his back, they leave him for dead, they take off. He comes back, like I said, his wife overdoses uh, that night while they're sleeping. So then he has to find another way to go after Val. He goes after Val um, and ends up killing Val. Let's move on to the next level. Also, apologies, spoilers. The movie's well over 20 years old. If you haven't watched it by now, I don't expect you to be watching it. And much like a John Wick movie, like this is literally just Mel Gibson killing a lot of people. So you know what you're getting into when, when you start to flick up. Level two is a character named Carter. Uh, Carter is, where we got here? Uh, played by Willem, William Devane. William Devane, kind of not a really super known actor, but I really... Uh, let's see, he, he did Hollow Man and Space Cowboys around this time, both kind of mediocre films. But he was on 24, and he was Audrey's dad, Senator Senator James Heller on 24. So really, really cool guy. That's really the only major part that I, I know him from and know that he did a good job on. But he ends up dying too, but not before they make a phone call to his boss, a guy named uh, Bronson. Uh, I assume he has to have been, you know, named after Charles Bronson, but I mean, who knows for sure. Anyway, Bronson is played by Chris Christopherson, who uh, awesome in the original A Star is Born. He was in the movie The Jacket or Full Metal Jacket. No, The Jacket. He was in The Jacket with uh, Adrian Brody. Uh, another one I need to rewatch because I don't remember. I think he was the doctor. Yeah, he had to have been the doctor in that. Uh, but then... I loved him in the Blade trilogy. Uh, he was awesome in that. Uh, so let's see. After that, he... we So Bronson is is the last boss that he's trying to go after now. They end up kidnapping his... Uh, him and Maria Bello end up kidnapping his son, setting a trap and all kinds of stuff. And while all this is going on, we've even got some side quests going on in this. Uh, we got a side quest that involves two corrupt cops. One of them played by Bill Duke, and then one of them played by, uh, where is the other dude's name? Jack Connolly. Um, both of them very norm, very familiar looking actors that you probably couldn't tell me the other stuff that they've been in. But the, uh, the last side quest that was going on is when, uh, when he goes to kill Val, he ends up running into Lucy Liu, who is a prostitute who has a subplot through, uh, through the course of this movie. That involves like the triads or you know some Asian gang or something like that. Yeah, everybody trying to kill uh, this guy who is apparently unkillable. Uh, but yeah, so again, it's it, it's it's John Wick before John Wick kind of. Um, there there feels like there's a whole bunch of subplot missing because like there's a shower scene where you see that Mel Gibson used to be a Marine. But, like, I never really understood why a Marine would suddenly turn to be being a bad guy. Like, I feel like he should have a better code of ethics than that. But I know this is based on a, a book that there was also, like, a 70s film that I have not seen. 
I don't know if the book or the other movie go into more detail about, you know, what happened to his character, what caused him to be like this, why he turned out this way. Um, and truth be told, I'm really just not that interested to care to even look it up or find it out. But um, I really did like dig the movie for what it was. It definitely has a very 90s vibe to it. The soundtrack is very 90s. Um, and yeah, it's it's fun. It's worth watching. It's John Wick before John Wick. It's Mel Gibson getting in situations where he just ends up shooting it out with some people. It's obviously not on the level of John Wick. It just was that similar style of thing, you know, back in 1999. Um, so it's fine. It's cool. It's uh, It was definitely a different thing for, for Mel Gibson, I feel. Kind of a, a different, interesting character for him to play. Like I said earlier, next week we got three movies to watch. Um, I, I've already watched Message in a Bottle. Uh, I will be watching Blast from the Past, which is um, uh, Brendan Fraser and Alicia Silverstone. Uh, Message in a Bottle is the first ever uh, Nicholas Sparks movie that made it uh, on film. Uh, I know it's not the first book that he wrote, but it was the first one they turned into a movie. And then my favorite Martian is the third movie for next week. It's on Disney plus. I don't know if I'm actually going to make the time to watch it. Uh, message in a bottle is on Hoopla. If you're interested in watching message in a bottle, it's free on Hoopla. If you have that app, you just have to have a library card and you essentially rent digital movies from them. Uh, Blast from the past, not available anywhere digitally. And I have not found a copy of a DVD to buy yet. So I will just be, you know, paying Apple three or four bucks to watch it so that it's fresh in my head. Uh, movie I remember liking a lot. I think it's a really cute film. Um, I'm hoping I still enjoy it when I watch it this week. But we will talk about all three of those movies next week. Thanks for going on this ride with me. Mel Gibson in Payback and Sarah Michelle Gellar in Simply Irresistible was February 5th of 1999. We will see you guys next week. Thank you. <laughs>